0: one more time oh god oh hold on no I still think I'm 21 oh god help me I was much better in the 60s you know I had more oh god anybody got an inhaler Well, together. You know, uh, I I just got to echo what Dave said, you know. Um, You know, when you study the keys of the early church, and I tried to... uh, Hold on. No, I'm all right, mate. I need a joint, not a drink. So, that was a joke. All right. So, uh, so... Oh, uh, so, but you know, when I, when I, I've just been like uh, revisiting the book of Acts and, you know, if you really want to know the key to uh, the success of the early church, then you just got to go back to the book of Acts. And I've been looking at that and they were, you know, the, the one thing, the one thing, one of the keys that, that caused them to move in the power of God and see God do amazing things When I I looked at the early church, I I noticed like four particular things. I know I mentioned on Wednesday that uh, you can read a lot of books on church growth and the church growth gurus and this and this. But at the end of the day, for me, if we want to get back, if we want to see what we want to see in God, we've got to get back to the blueprint, back to the basics. And, and, and the first key to their success, as I see, was fellowship. They loved to be together. It says in Acts 2 verse 46, they met in their homes. They, they didn't just come together in a, in, in a, in a, in a big central place, but, but, but they, they, they loved to be together. They met in homes. And the amazing thing is they, they, not only did they love to meet together, But one of the keys of their togetherness was Jesus was the center. It says they met in each other's homes not necessarily to listen to a preacher. They didn't meet in homes not even to meet with each other or the music or anything else. It says they met in their homes for the Lord's Supper. And I'm thinking, you see, when they came together, The Lord's Supper focused them and leveled them. Jesus says, when you do this, when you break bread, watch, watch. he said this, you do it in remembrance of me. He said, you don't do it in remembrance of your sin. You don't do it in remembrance of what they did to you. You don't do it in remembrance of somebody else's failure. He said, every single one of you, when you come together, your focus, remember me. Remember my love for you. Remember my grace towards you. Remember what I did for you. I think it's fantastic. And I, I honestly think, right, grace in the early church, the key was their fellowship The grace was not only received vertically, but it was dispensed horizontally. And that needs to come back to the church in Wales. We need to get back where we not only receive the grace of God vertically, and I'm telling you now, every single one of us in this place needs the grace of God on a daily basis. But we need to learn, once that's sorted this will stop and this will start. You know, when God said to Moses to build an ark, we know the story. He said, build a box called the Ark of the Covenant and in the box, put the Ten Commandments. People are saying, let's bring the Ten Commandments back to the church. Well, do you want God to kill you then? Because the Ten Commandments were given to show us nobody can keep them. It brings us to Christ, who kept them for us. And so he said, put the Ten Commandments in a box, because put it out of my sight. Because if I relate to you from the Ten Commandments, I'm going to have to kill you. Because this is the standard of my holiness. And if I deal with you on this, not one of you can reach it. Put them out of my sight. And he said, on top of the box... I want you to get one piece of gold. <clears throat> and I want you to make a seat, like a little seat, on top of the box. And, and it's going to be called the mercy seat. Because I can't overlook your sin. I have to judge your sin. But what I'm going to do is this. Get an animal, get a lamb, kill the animal, get the blood, and sprinkle it on this seat. And I will accept the sacrifice of the animal on your behalf. And so the mercy seat, God says, when you make it out of one piece of gold, it has to be slightly bigger than the box. Because mercy is always bigger than law. And he said, "Out of each side of the one piece of gold, I want you to batter into shape, not mold." I want you to batter into shape two cherubims. They will come up either side of the mercy seat. And their wings will be spread over the mercy seat. But Moses, when you do this, they are to be facing each other. But they are not to be looking at each other. And so so there, there there were the cherubims facing each other but looking down. They are to look down. You see, because when they look down, if they were to face each other, they would see a replica. And when we look at each other, whatever faults, failings, whatever, when I look at you, I just see myself, somebody just trying to love Jesus the best way they can. With all the flaws and failures. But he says, when you, when you, when you construct them, they are to look down. Because when they see each other, they will see each other through the reflection of the blood. That's the way the church should be. Come on, somebody say amen. So not only receiving horizontal grace, uh, um, uh, vertical grace, but we need to dispense horizontal grace. So the first one was fellowship. The second one was fellowship. This is a great key. It says they devoted themselves. No follower program. No emails. Where were you last Sunday? we heard because we're in Wales we were you last year with a bad you and we, we heard we heard somebody told me you were at the potters having a pint oh yeah don't make any excuse. no listen none of that there was none of that you know what, they, once they knew they were a bunch of imperfect people worshipping an absolutely amazing God. They, they knew, you know, we don't fear coming together because of this. So we, we are going to devote ourselves. They devoted themselves to the house of God and the apostles' teaching. Hmm. See, church was not an option to them. Church was not a place where they met. It was a description of who they were. Uh, the third one was, this is just a little introduction. It's okay, Are you still out with me here. So, so the third principle I saw in the early church was the first one fellowship, second one fellowship. The third one was leadership. They came to the apostles and said, look, we're having some social problem here um, and we've got to sort it out. And the apostles said, look, it's a very important issue Uh, The widows were being overlooked and they said, look, it's an important issue. Find some people with that gifting. But we will give ourselves to the word of God and prayer. They weren't distracted. They were blacksmiths in the house. I could spend an hour on that, but I'm not going to do that. So on the third and the fourth one, and I love this, and I think this it's been, you know, I travel all over the world, and 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 I can taste it now. I long for it, and I and because I, you know I'm a preacher, it has to begin with F, okay? So fellowship, so fellowship, I've forgotten. No, leadership was a bit of a mess up. I, I couldn't find an F for the leader thing, so I'm back to the F now, right? Uh, and it was it was it was fearship and great awe and a great sense of wonder settled on the church. Wow. There was an acute awareness of God's presence and an expectancy for the supernatural. You know, I've been here Wednesday, I've been here this morning and again tonight and you know the one thing that I sense coming off of you when you come in here is a sense of what's God going to do tonight? And so, when you have, when you come with a, a sense of expectancy, of childlike wonder, that's when God starts to move. Come on, somebody say Amen. I, 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 um, I and you know, so so those four those four things, those four simple principles for me um, constituted the success of the early church. And just recently, I was in Amsterdam. I shared this a little bit on Wednesday. I was traveling to Amsterdam. I prepared my message. I was ready to go. And I'm on the plane over there. And I started to read some stats about the ministry, about people in the ministry, because I was going to speak to a bunch of young leaders that they're raising up in Amsterdam And I was shocked when I read some of the stats. Like for instance, out of every 10 people who start in the ministry, only one is left 10 years later. I I read that over a thousand pastors a month quit the ministry in America. A month. Either because of failure, burnout, depression, conflict, heartbreak, family issues. And I'm reading these stats, and I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Ray, there is an attack on longevity in the church. And I honestly believe that if we're going to see what we want to see in our personal lives and corporately, we have to stay the course. There is an attack on longevity, not just in the ministry, but also on our personal lives. And then as I'm on the plane, uh, you know, the, uh, the Lord started to, started to talk to me and say, Ray, when you go to Amsterdam, I want you to share with these young leaders the keys that you've discovered in my relationship with, with you that's kept you. You're still here after 40 years of serving Jesus full time. I am as passionate now for what I'm called to do as, as the day that God called me. Seriously, I am. And I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, that didn't just happen accidentally. And I said, Lord, I'm here. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm in a very high percentage here. So I asked the the, the, atten- the attendant for a pen and, uh, and, and, and the Lord just started to remind me of some of the keys. And he still is. I'm, I'm still adding to it. I've been serving Jesus now for 50 years. Some of you were not even in the fallopian tube then. There's a guy at the back saying, what's a fallopian tube? Talk to somebody. So I've been serving, I've been serving Jesus now for 50 years. And I am as passionate now as I ever was. For what I believe we are... That this generation is going to see the most incredible move of God like nothing else we've ever seen on a planet. Jesus is coming very, very soon. Come on, somebody. So, this is the time. I love what Dave said. This is the time for all in. All in. I mean, th- what else is there to do? Watch EastEnders? What? What's that coming? Listen. I can declare with the Apostle Paul that I've been perplexed, but I've not been in despair. I have been struck down, but not destroyed. I have been persecuted, but never forsaken. I can also add, I have been betrayed, but I'm not bitter. I have failed, but I've never been forgotten. I have sinned, but I've never been rejected. I have wandered, but I have never, ever been abandoned. Jesus has stayed with me 24-7. He's jumped in the muck with me. He has sang on the mountain with me. He has flown on a trapeze with me. Come on, man. We serve an amazing, amazing friend who sticks closer to you. And he started sharing with me. And, and after considering uh, my failures, after considering my bad decisions, after considering my sins over the years, there is one thing I am absolutely 100% sure of. I am what I am, and I am where I am, by the grace of God and the grace of God alone. Somebody say amen. I have been marred in the potter's hands, but God did not throw me off the potter's wheel of destiny. He just started again with what he had. He, he, look at, oh, look, what a job God's got. What a job. I remember standing here, Dave, years ago, looking at the congregation. I'm sure you feel like this sometimes. And I looked out at the congregation, I thought, they deserve better. Seriously. I thought, here I am, God. You've called me to do this. You've called me to plant this church here. You've called me to minister. And then I look at, the, I look at my life sometimes, and it looks like a row of bond houses. And I'm thinking, and, and you get into this, you know, this, uh, I am a worm mode. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm nothing but a worm, right? And uh, I'm a worm. God says you're not a worm. I am a worm. So, so, so I so I remember going through this uh, going through this season where I thought, man, the church deserves better than this. So I'm going through this self pity. Basically, it's self righteousness. To be honest with you think, you know, and so I'm, 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 I'm feeling this and then I'm walking, um, I'm walking around um, um, uh, shopping with somebody and, I, and in the, in the, in the shopping center, I saw this one store that was being renovated and it had a big sign outside the store, maintenance work being carried out here. Sorry for any inconvenience. And the Lord said, tell that to the church on Sunday. So I did. I came here. Some of you may remember it. Uh, I stood up and I said, I told them how I was feeling, told them what was going on inside. And I said, look, maintenance work being carried out here. Sorry for any inconvenience. Then I said, how many husbands would like to stand up and say that to their wives because they haven't been the husbands they wanted to be? How many wives would like to say that to? their How many kids would like to stand up and say that to their parents? How many fr- come on? How many friends would like to stand up and say that? I haven't been the friend, and do you know what? Everybody stood up. Come on, somebody! Everybody stood up, <clears throat> and I believe right there something broke in our church—an authenticity. God can't do anything of any significance if we walk around with some self-righteous mask. And start to try to be somebody we all know you're a Wazak. We're all dealing with stuff. And, and especially when you stand up on a stage and you're in ministry. And you think that it's like a goldfish. But you're going pray for, for Dave and Fay. This is the hardest job on the planet. And it's even harder, you know, when there is no authenticity in a local church. When you realize Dave and Faye, they're raising 17 children. Last count was about 15, I think. So they're going to raise kids. They're going to raise kids. They're going to deal with stuff. Dave and Faye are not gifted to live. They're gifted to serve. It's where God's put them. But they're not gifted to live. They're going to face the same crap that you have. Come on, somebody say amen here. And so when we understand that, when there's an authenticity that comes in... And you know, something broke something broke that day. And, and, and I'm on the plane and God's reminding me of all this. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But I, I have the privi- Like on Thursday, I'm traveling to South Africa to spend three months there. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm re- I've rented a little house by the beach and the sun is shining everything please pray for me uh, as, I'm, as I'm meditating on the messages looking over the Indian Ocean if, it, if you wouldn't please remember me in prayer <laughs> so so I'm going there for three months I've had, and you know what I don't know what it is guys I, listen I don't understand it but doors have opened for me all over the world doors I never dreamed I would walk through and I believe, you know, the scripture that says that in, 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 when you get older, that's when you get more fruitful. I believe the most fruitful time of my life are the days that lie ahead of me. And the same for you. And, the, and, it's, and it's got nothing to do with my performance. It's in spite of it. And when God chooses a man or chooses a woman... You've got no choice in it. I said this morning, I don't know how many times I've said to God, I give up. And immediately he comes back and says, I haven't. I don't want to do this. I do. Come on, somebody say amen. So we're okay. Chill out. You're okay. Pray for Dave and Faye. Because I believe that this church is entering. We talk for hours. We meet like nearly once a week. We talk for hours. And all we talk about is the Lord, what He's doing. And we both feel in our hearts that there's something. This church is about to enter a season that it's never experienced before. That's why God is saying this stuff. Maintenance work being carried out here. You know, if I made that appeal tonight, everybody would stand up except for the self-righteous. Everybody would stand up. Come on, somebody say amen. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm on the plane, I'm on the plane, and, um, I, and I, I said, give me a pen, give me a pen. Uh, and the Lord said, and, and he reminded me of the principles of longevity in my own life. And whatever I travel around the world now, especially speaking to leaders, uh, I'm going to be developing this. I, I need to share this. Because in, in my generation, too many leaders in my generation died with their secrets. They were afraid to talk about their failures and afraid to talk about their mistakes and afraid to talk about their bad decisions. But you know what? If we are going to... If we... are, Like, if I talk... You know, tonight just talked about my successes. I mean, you know, that. Would, but when you talk about... How you've just trusted God. Everybody leans in because that's where we are. Uh, and there was, there was um, and I started to write down these principles. There's 85 of them. Number one. <laughs> no, I just started to write down. That w- one of them, I'm not going to preach on all of them, but I'm going to major maybe on one. But there, there were, at the moment, there are seven. God just gave me one today, this morning. And the one he gave to me, the principle, he said, Ray, share these principles because these are the keys to longevity. These are the keys for people to understand how, how they can finish their course. The first one, while well, God gave it to me this morning was inflammation. Inflammation. In other words, in one translation, God's, uh, Paul was speaking to Timothy and he said, fan into flame the gift that God has put in you. In another translation, it says, stir up the gift. And you know what? When you don't feel like praising... Praise Him. When you don't feel like giving, give. When you don't feel like serving, serve. When you don't feel like forgiving, forgive. Come on. When you, when you, when you don't feel like going on one more day, get up and just turn up. One more time. Fan it to flame. Keep the flame burning. Inflammation. The second one was inspiration. A daily application of the word of God in your life. Social media is not the standard I live by. Political correctness is not the standard I live by. It's not the guide of my life. There's only one thing that guides me in my life. And that is the infallible word of God. The inspiration of God's word. <clears throat> and I tell you. I tell you. You need to. You need. not, Don't just, just read it. That's a good start. Do you know the difference between Bible reading and a Bible study is a pen? Read it. Then regurgitate it or meditate on it. Let the, the Word of God is a living thing. It, it moves. It, 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 it divides between flesh and spirit. And, and uh, Meditate. Think about it. You know, all I can't meditate. I fight it hard. Well, you know how to worry, don't you? (laughs) Well, just it's the opposite. (laughs) Instead of worrying about what's going to happen to you, start meditating about what God has already done for you and what he's about to do for you. Switch the coin. Meditate on it. Uh, and so, inspiration is another key. And I've got messages on all this, but I want to focus on just one. Um, what about this one? Inclination. Incline your ear. Develop a listening ear. Learn to hear His voice. And there's a lot of stuff and clatter and noise You know, you need to get, you need to spend time sitting in his presence, saying nothing. (laughs) You know what I mean? And listen, listen, develop a listening ear. When Jesus spoke to the churches in Revelation, he didn't say, he that has hands, gift well. He didn't say, he that has an eye, vision well. He said, he that has an ear, listen well. It's interesting that your eyes have lids, but your ears don't. And they tell me the last thing to sort of, uh, the only thing that's directly connected to your brain is your ears. It's 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 like submarines have no windows. So they navigate by sonar. That's what this is. Listen, develop a listening ear. Because very often, God will cut across things you hold to be sacred. Things you've held to be sacred, and God says, I want you to do this. Uh, There's there's three hours there, but I'm not going to go there. So develop a listening ear. Develop a listening ear. But, you know, listen to me. So, So we go to seminars. How to hear the voice of God? Right there for three hours. I tell you. It's easy. Listen, it's inbuilt in you. When you got saved, when you give your life to Jesus, something happened, there was, a, there was a, a receiver implanted in you to hear his voice. My sheep, my sheep hear my voice. I remember, Well, how do you know? Listen, I remember when I was a, a, a small person. What? I remember I was born this size. I remember. Don't you never think Dave was an ugly child, would you? To look at him. But you know when he was born, his mother told me they put him in an incubator with tinted windows. That's ugly. Yeah. She told me about Dave. She said when Dave was born, normally they slap a baby, don't they? They slapped his mother. They said what <laughs> I don't know why I said that, Dave, but there we are. Let's get it all out there. <laughs> so, what was I talking about now? See, 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 what? <laughs> see, it only happens when I come here. So, so, um, oh, that was a great thought as well. Oh, the receiver. Yes, yeah. So anyway, <clears throat> so when I was a small person, um, I, w- I was about six, right? And I went to Call fair with my mother. Is Call still there? So yes. I, go- <laughs> yeah, of course it is. So I go to Call and I go to the fair with my mother, right? There was there was me and my brother, my sister, and my other brother, and the dogs weren't allowed there. So we went we went down. And uh, I was in the fair, right, it was ex- so exciting, man, it was great, the, all the noise and the, the thing, and, and I somehow got, got disconnected from my mum, and I'm on my own, I'm five, everybody looks huge, they still look huge to me, but it was, they, were hu- they were huger then. And I'm lost. My mother's gone. I don't know where she's gone. And, I'm, and the noise. And I'm lost. This horrible feeling. That, and I didn't know where I was. I was only five and I didn't know. And the noise. And the, you know what a fair's like? Then all of a sudden I heard this voice. Raymond! Raymond! Her voice. <laughs> cut across all the crap. As noisy as it was. Raymond! I knew who that was. <laughs> I had a funny feeling. That's my mother calling me. <laughs> Come on, son. You know what I'm talking about. You, you know his voice, man. Come on. We all know his voice. We all know his voice. i misinterpreted it sometimes. When, when the Lord said, Ray, I want you to plant a church in Newport. I said, is there anybody else up there? Come on, somebody. Listen. Develop it. Go with it. You make mistakes sometimes. You will as you try to develop. But this is one of the key. Dave will tell you. Over the 26 years, God has spoken specifically into into us. Just speaking. He's alive. He's real. He's living in our lives. And, And one of the key principles for me for longevity... His inclination, incline your ear to his voice. And his voice, you can listen. His voice is never condemning. His voice is never judgmental. His voice is never harsh. It sometimes is corrective. You know what I mean? Like my mother sometimes corrected me. I don't think she knew much about how God does things. Because she used to hit me with a toasting fork. But it did the job. Some of you are saying, "What the heck is a toasty fuck? Anyway, are you still with me tonight? Here, give your yeah, inclination. Um, oh, okay, we're going there. Right. The next one is is impartation. I'm sharing with you keys now. That'll keep. There are the sometimes you need to get alongside someone that you. That needs to impart something to you. Impart. Paul said, I long to come to you that I might impart. See, the laying on of hands, when we lay hands on, I remember as a, as a youth evangelist, I was seven years traveling up and down the country. Sometimes, you know, doing 30 concerts a week. Right? And so I, I got a bit tired after seventy years. So, and I was I was also in like automatic pilot. And uh, and that the Reinhard Bonker, I right, he's gone to heaven now. Uh, he rang me just a month before he died, and we just talked for like half an hour about about the fire of God. And here he was, frail in his body, and cancer was he, was 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 was. Was working, killing his body, and and he's frail, and he couldn't walk very. But uh, when I talked to him, I could, I could, I could, I could warm my hands on the fire that was in that man's spirit. And so I was. Uh, uh, the fire was going out inside, and 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 uh, and he was holding a conference in Zimbabwe, in Harare, Zimbabwe. Ooh yeah, and I. And I was staying in this, and we went to this conference, and the Lord said, sell your shirt, get over there. And I went over there, I went over there, I went over there, and I looked at Ryan and I said, I need what you have, bro. I said, it's not yours. God's anointed you for me. The anointing of God on a minister's life is not for the minister. It's for the people he ministers to. So forget this megalomania flipping pedestal flipping Christian celebrity stuff it's not about that it's not the anointing is not to make me famous it's to make me function and it's maybe to, to dispense his love and his grace into people's lives although i am famous but uh, <laughs> i couldn't say that anywhere else because think the big-headed look at him no you know what i'm saying are you receiving this i was going to preach on you know the the, the spiritual significance of the left armpit of the Antichrist and how it applies to modern society. But I thought, no, nah, that's too deep for him. So I've got to go with this. <laughs> Impartation. Do you know what? If you, if you uh, admire a quality in someone, don't be jealous of them. Go up to them and say, I want a bit of that because I'm struggling with that. Perhaps <clears throat> perhaps you, you, you have a problem with joy. Uh, well find someone that seems to emanate it. And say, would you lay your hands on me? Come on, somebody, say amen. I remember once, remind me where I am. Harari. Just let fire it, right? I'll get back there. I've got to tell you this. So I'm in the church here now, right? And everything was going on. So, and... Um, and so I was pray and at the end of the service this guy comes to me with the personality of a of a dialing tone There was nothing there. He come every Sunday, nothing there. I said don't put him on the front row for God's sake. Stick him at the back. <laughs> it's not inspiring at all. So he came to me, he came to me. He came to me, he said, "Pastor Ray, can I talk to you?" I said, "If you have to." What's your problem? Well, he said, I got a problem with Joy in this church. Now, now his wife, her name was Joy. So I thought you had a marital problem. Pastor, I got a problem with Joy. I said, but talk to the woman then, I said. She starts laughing. Her head. He actually had a problem with the, the he didn't like the music. He didn't like the joy. I thought it was his wife. I thought, I, thought he was, I thought he was saying I have a problem with joy. I said, well, go to the marriage counseling thing then. Anyway, just by the way. <clears throat> so there I was. I was in Harari. I was in Harari. Um, and I I and I saw the fire of God in this man. I saw it. And I went there, and after all the meetings, I went up to Reinhardt, and I said, I grabbed his hand. Put your hand on my head. I want that. He put his hand on my head. I shared this with Dave so many times. He put his hand on my head. Listen, a fire was lit in my spirit in 1988 that has never gone out since that very day. And I remember the first meeting I had when I came, I was... and, and you know, I think I shared this on Wednesday about the bush. When God spoke to Moses through the bush, the fire was in the bush, but the fire didn't need the branches of the bush to perpetuate the flame. God doesn't, He said, Ray, I don't need anything you got. He said, just let my fire burn in you. Let my fire burn in you. <clears throat> and I, anyway, so impartation is a key. Don't be jealous of people. I have been jealous of ministers. I remember talking today about, I have been jealous of other ministers when, when I thought, man, why can't that happen in my church? Like, And, and, the, and the Lord said, Ray, you're going about the wrong way. You Don't be jealous of them. Go and ask them to lay hands on you and get a bit of what they have in you. Come on, somebody say amen right here. Yeah so so impartation the the thir- the fourth one or whatever i am is is very similar to impartation it's influence have you noticed they all begin with i you are sharp aren't you so influence is another one right <clears throat> influence Influ- it's similar to impartation only this would be more on a relational basis okay um Find, find, find salty people. People who make you thirsty. Find them. Listen, if you hang around toxic, negative people, gossiping plonkers, I'm telling you now, it'll, it, they'll rob the very life out of you. Well, have you, have you heard about... Uh, no, I haven't. I'm not interested. Push off. Gossip, slander, run like a, they got the flipping coronavirus. They got that corona thing. And by the way, we're protected by the blood of Jesus. Psalm 91, Psalm 91. I'm not walking around with a face mask. I've already got Psalm 91 covered the whole thing no pestilence has come in my house come on somebody I'm going on a plane I don't care I got you know what I'm saying I'll, whatever kiss the pilot I don't give I don't care come on somebody say man we protect it we're not you know God's people shouldn't walk around in fear oh you know there's a case been, there's coronaviruses in Swansea so they don't go shopping in Swansea now give me a break they found a dog with it in Hong Kong <laughs> Serious Listen folks Read Psalm 91 over your life Every single day Nothing will come near your house Come on, you've got to believe it So, But influence find, find salty people Avoid toxic Negative gossiping Nothing to do people Stay away from them Really I've had enough of it <laughs> Uh, You know, I'm 35 years of age now, and I've had enough of it, up to you. So, so, watch this. So, um, a friend of mine was a a master carpenter, okay, master carpenter. And I went into his garage once, and uh, he had, on his wall, he had a load of axes, like, um, in various sizes, going down to small, little small ones. He used to make cabinets. And I went in there once, and I'm meditating on this whole thing about influence and stuff. And I saw these axes, I said, and I noticed something. Every single one of those axes, the edge, the cutting edge was gleaming. And I said, man, there's about 10 axes up there. I said, "I said you don't need all them. No, he said, I don't need them all at once, but you never know which one I'm going to use. I mean, tomorrow I could use that. So they, i got to make sure... All the cutting edge is sharp. And I said, well, you know, how do you keep them sharp then? And he said, well, I need oil, I need water, and I need iron. When he said that, I exploded. The Holy Ghost said to me right there, same in the spiritual. Ecclesiastes 10.10. When the axe head is dull, more strength is needed. See, God doesn't bless hard work. He blesses commanded work. And that's why many people burn out so often is because more strength. No, just sharpen the edge. Come on, somebody. Sharpen the edge. And and, and here is the oil of the Holy Ghost. You you have the, the water of the word of God. And watch this. And he said, The file with which I file the edge of the axe, the metal in the file is always harder than the metal in the axe. And then I thought, as iron sharpens iron, so one man or woman will sharpen another. Influence. Don't allow people into your life that don't sharpen you. And you're going to have to deal with jealousy and you're going to have to deal with comparison and you're going to have to deal with inferiority. You can either go that way or say, come on, sharpen me, man. I want what you have. Come on, somebody say amen here. Well, time is, time is gone. I could have gone on forever here because uh, this is the one I wanted to preach on. <laughs> well, we'll come back next time. And uh, have you received the word of God tonight? Just simple stuff. But the the last one is um, is infilling, key to longevity. I'm going to finish with this infilling. Here's the scripture we know it well. If I can find it, where is it? I got so many things. here. Yeah. right. Ephesians five eighteen nineteen, and do not be drunk with wine in excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another. You see, if you want to be filled, continually have a continual infilling, speak to people. Watch. That's why you need to avoid negative people because they don't speak like this. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and also singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Not on a stage for people to see or uh, in a public place to demonstrate, no. On a daily basis, moment by moment. Do you know what, there's always a song in my heart. I don't listen to much music. I put this music in me all the time. I got the music in me. The music is in me all the time. And and the Lord said, Ray, it's been a key. Sing. Do you know, my prayer life consists of help and thank you. That's the key of my prayer life. Help and thank you. Thank you. In all things, give thanks. I, I'm going to finish with this. I, I'm good time, but I'm, have you have you received the word tonight? Uh, I just want to finish with this, and I, I, you know, uh, there's so much stuff. But um, I, when I when I went to, um, how oh, you it is, when I went to uh, Amsterdam, I, I shared some of this stuff now, and I began to prophesy, and I didn't realize uh, what I didn't realize how significant it was, and i I'm, I'm going to say the same thing here. The Lord said to me the lord said to me you see you see we have to be continually applying these principles and the lord said to me ray never allow anyone or anything to make a canal out of your river and i started to think what he said out of your innermost being my desire is that rivers Of living water flow out of you. Refreshing. Blessing. But he said for for too many people. Stuff has made canals out of the rivers. And I shared this. (coughs) I shared this. And they're all looking at me like with big eyes. The Dutch government. Have just finished a 10 year program called. Make room for the rivers in the natural because the canals cannot accommodate the flood rains when they come. So they said, we got to work because the canal has, it can't widen, it can't deepen. it That's it. Boring. And a canal is man-made. It's directed the way that a man wants it to go. A river cuts its own course. And they made this thing because he said the flood, the, the, the floods, the canals cannot handle the floods, the flood rains. So we have to make room for the rivers so they can handle. Come on, man. You, you're already there with me here. You see, watch this. A canal is restricted, but a river runs. A river runs. You, when you talk about a river, it's a river running you never heard of a canal running. And I think David, God's given God, uh, uh, Dave, a word for this church. It's time to start running. Come on, somebody say amen. It's time to start running. A river runs. A river, a canal is directed. A river flows. In your services, there's going to be a flow. There's going to be a flow. And with a flow, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like a... It's like a flow. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? A canal is directed. We're going to make room for the Holy Ghost. Make room for the Holy Spirit. I remember a friend of mine in a big revival conference, and they were discussing the keys to revival, the keys. And one guy got up, we need more fasting. Yeah, amen. Another guy got up and says, we need more prayer. Yeah, yeah. We need more evangelism. Yeah. And my friend, a Welsh guy called Wyn Lewis, he stood up. He said, you're all stupid. He said, no, he just needs more room. Come on, somebody say amen. He just needs more room, that's it, for the river to flow. A canal is a natural thing. A river is supernatural. Stand with me right now. Stand with me right now. Musicians, could you come? I'm going to hand back over to Dave in just a moment. If you've received the word of the Lord tonight, just give him a big clap, somebody, and just praise him. Wow, has that helped anybody here tonight? Just some simple keys. I, I didn't even expound on them. I, I, I just wanted to give them out to you. Okay, so what we've got, we've got inflammation. Stir up that gift. Stir it up. Ray, I don't feel like it, man. I know. I will bless the Lord At all times, his praise will be continually in my life. Stir it up. How can I forgive them? Stir it up. Do it. I'm telling you, in the 26 years I have preached here, some mornings I'd rather be on a golf course. I didn't want to be here. I didn't feel like it. But you know what? I stood it up. I just stood it up. I just said, I'm going. I'm just... Do you know one way? One way to really... One way to really mess the devil's head up? Just keep turning up. Come on, somebody. Just turn up! It's not rocket science. Inflammation. What's the next one? Anybody? What? Did I say that? Wow. Okay, it's true. Insp- she goes, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Inspiration. Soak yourself in his word, man. I meditated on one verse for like 18 months. You are not going to get up in the morning and think, I've got to read six scriptures now. I've got to read the whole of Genesis. Otherwise God will... Do you know what? Sometimes I don't read the Bible for days. Because he gave me something on Monday that will last me for three weeks. I chew on it. I chew on it. I said, I've got to understand this. I've got to make it part of my life. Come on, somebody, say amen. So, so you know, we've got this balance. You know, d- read the. Now, it's all good, like. Read the Bible in the yeah and, f- and go for it. But listen, don't let it become a law in your life. The Word of God, it, you eat when you are hungry. Come on, somebody. What's the, th- what's the ne- third one? Huh? Oh, did I say that? Inclination. What's that mean? Develop a listening ear. Just listen. Do you know what? Jesus, the Holy Ghost is speaking to many of you now, and the reason why you're not stepping out on the boat is because it's too stormy. Well, if I obey that, my, my, my family will go nuts with me. We'll talk to Mary then. We are here because a 17-year-old girl put her life on the line and said, be it done to me according to your word. She didn't say, let me check with my family first. What were they going to say? Hello? And then she got a flipping talk of a fiancé. Well, no, bless him. He was always sleeping because God was always speaking to him in a dream. Have you noticed that about Joseph? And he had a dream. Wake up, for God's sake. Wake up. God will find a way to get to you. Come on, somebody. He'll find a way. And she goes to Joseph and says, Joseph, I've got something to tell you. What? I'm with child. What? Who's the bloke? The Holy Ghost came on you <laughs> Oh, really? The misunderstanding. She was known as the Nazareth tart. Slut. That's how she was known. Listen to me. Don't, if... Check and get advice, but go with what God is saying to you. What's the the fourth one? Inclination, impartation. Get somebody to lay hands on you. Not anybody, but, but somebody with proven fruit. And the last one? No, that wasn't, no. The next one is influence, which is the same. And the last one, infilling. Father, we thank you for this time together. We raise our hands to you and we say, Lord, whatever, Lord, whatever it, it takes. We, we've actually, we, we've, we've actually finally realised it's not about us. We've finally got to the place where we've realised it's by your grace and by your grace alone. And I bless this congregation, Lord. I bless Dave and Fay, Lord. With a greater capacity to receive your vision for this house. Father, I pray for a greater anointing when they open their mouth to teach your word. A greater anointing. Father, thank you. And for a greater sense of rest a greater sense of rest on their life, protect them protect their children protect their family put a hedge around their home Father I thank you that their greatest days are ahead of them and people will be coming from all over the country just to see what's happening in the King's Church Newport, Father I hand them over into your safekeeping, I hand every leader in this church, every every children's worker, every praise and worship leader and volunteer and guitarist and 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 musician father and 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 the ashes. will hand them over into your hand of grace and we thank you for the days ahead we thank you for what you're going to do and everybody said amen and give the lord a big clap